yeah, what's up, y'all? It's another episode of Blue Dope today. And first, yeah, I just want to shout out all the nurses out there. For those who don't know, I am, uh, I guess, a product of the nurse. I'm a son of a nurse. My mama's mama was a nurse. My niece is a nurse. One of my sisters was a nurse. There's nurses all around me. And I, I, I at least got to see that nurses are hustlers from day one very entrepreneurial no matter what type of nurse you are i've seen it with my own eyes and today i have someone who's here that is a traveling nurse Mm -hmm. right Uh, a nurse practitioner like Mm -hmm. all all these different types of nurse (laughs) titles she has it you might be trying to figure out where in the world morgan san diego is but we got here in brooklyn today what's up morgan what's up thank you for having me no doubt how you feeling I'm excited. I'm excited to be here, even though I brought, you know, I brought the snow. So I know, yo, it's, it's wild. It hasn't really snowed like that in New York City, and it's flurrying right now. Uh, I don't know. What can I say? You know, I got to bring the storm with me. So. <laughs> so you're not from around here. Where, where are you right. from originally? So I'm originally from Baltimore, Maryland. Okay, be more Merlin. Yes. Yes. Is that PG County and all that? Oh, no, 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 that's PG. different. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Not PG. We have a very different accent, but yes. Uh-huh. I am from Baltimore, Maryland. Okay, you from the Baltimore, Baltimore. Baltimore, Got Merlin. It. Got it. Yes. I've been out there a few times. It's an interesting city. Very nice. But at the same time, like you walk around at night, <laughs> you might see people just shooting up on the corner. Like, okay, because I was like, what you mean interesting? Okay, <laughs> that's the interesting that's part. True. It's a beautiful city. <laughs> right, and right. right by the harbor and all of that. And then, you know, you just walk in. I saw a guy. We were looking eye to eye. He was like on some church steps and he was just looking at me eye to eye. And he just <laughs> took the syringe. And I was like, okay, that's what we're doing out here. Baltimore different. Baltimore love thing. 50, that's what 50 said. Baltimore yeah. love thing. Yeah. So what was it like for you growing up in Baltimore? What side of Baltimore did you see and experience? And and what was your household like? So I grew up in Baltimore County, which is very different from the city. Um, I grew up in Pikesville, which Mm. was, you know, they call it Jewtown. Um, And I had, yeah, I had a very interesting experience because my parents moved um, in the middle of this Jewish neighborhood, very Jewish. My mom was so intentional about not wanting to grow up in a black neighborhood. She said that she wanted me to have certain experiences. Yes, this is what she said. And our next door neighbors um, became my adopted grandparents. Like Orthodox Jew? They like weren't they Orthodox were, Jews, okay. but, they, but they, they were very Jewish, like very, it's like Crown Heights, very kind of Sabbath, Brooklyn. yeah, okay. matzo ball soup, like okay. very much that. Um, and yeah, they were you, they you were cel- my grandparents. You celebrate Shabbat like on Fridays. It was a I, I don't, okay. um, I don't because I don't really like hang with that side of the family. Still, okay. like a lot of them did pass away. Oh wow! Um, and then when they passed away, you know, we kind of just. You know, grew apart, but wow. Yeah. What what was your family like? Did you have both parents around, siblings? So, um, my dad had um, my dad had kids um, before he met my mom. So, I mm-hmm. have two fraternal twin brothers. Oh, wow. um, and then from my mom, I'm my mom's only kid. But okay. there's so many like kids in our family. Um, that are kind of like around the same age. So like there's cousins who are older than me and then cousins that are younger than me. So I'm kind of like the only one my age, but it's kind of fun being like this weird age because I'm like the rich auntie, which I love. And then like I'm the little cousin that the rest of my like big cousins kind of like turn to when they have a problem. So I'm like therapist, (laughs) therapist Morgan. How many nieces and nephews you got counting the second cousins too? 
If I had to count, I think it'd be at least maybe twelve or fourteen. That's nothing in the Jewish community. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't afford anybody else. I, I, I'm kept out. No, I'm I, kept I got. Out. I got over thirty. Yeah, yeah. I got oh, three my, brothers. Not the sisters. Jewish community. Yeah, no. I'm saying, you <laughs> I'm said sorry. you grew up in the Jewish community, so mm-hmm. you know how they do. Mm-hmm. They hit a hundred easy. Yeah, yeah. So from there, did you kind of stick around the area for college, and what was your progression? I, I just want to get to the the road to to nursing. And yeah, firstly, did you want to be a nurse? Like going through that process. Oh God. So it's so first. Um, when I went to college, the the college that I picked, my mother was very intentional. She said, I'm not paying for more than four years of undergrad. You went to a so, Jewish college, so? No, no, okay. I, didn't go, I didn't go to a Jewish college. Okay. <laughs> I didn't go to an HBCU, uh, HBCU though, because okay. I didn't get a full ride. Mm. And I was like, just in case, you know, things don't work out, I need to, you know, make sure I'm staying under a certain budget. Okay. So um, I ended up going to Towson um, University. I heard of Towson before. Yeah, it's, house, it's really popular for New Jersey and New York. A lot of people come go there. I went to Temple my freshman year. So mixing in and meeting people from the DMV, I think that's how come I've heard of it so much too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. But Towson was a really, like, it was a really popular school. The nursing program was was getting popular, but it wasn't, like, as popular as it is now. Um, so I went to Towson. And um, when I started at Towson, I was actually already working at Johns Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows Johns mm-hmm. Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did um, some that, internships. That's near the harbor, right? That one? No. It isn't really near Not the really. harbor. Okay. No. Okay. But it's, I mean, so it has multiple campuses. Mm-hmm. So, but none of the campuses are really near the harbor. Okay. Okay. I think University of Maryland is probably like closer. Got it. Got in proximity. It. But yeah. So um, when I was working at Hopkins, um, I had eventually gotten into a role in the OR and I loved working in the OR. And I was like, you know, I think I could do this as a nurse. And, um, you know, that kind of solidified that I wanted to do nursing. And I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do before I got in um, college because I was a pre-nursing. So I could have changed and did something else. But I also knew that like, if I only have four years, like maybe I should do this degree because when I get out, you know, I can make a good living. I'll have okay. a job. Yep. You know, it was a lot of different factors that kind of went into it. But as a kid, was this your dream job? Because like, for instance, like, uh-huh. like I said, like my mom's mama was a nurse. Okay. Right? So it was like, I think nursing was very family friendly in my family like everyone's like alright yeah that's a that's a good look they saw what women before them did or men etc right yeah but for you like growing up like was mom a nurse no my, my mom wasn't a nurse okay. she was actually in HR and I never wanted to be in HR because I said it just sounds so stressful <laughs> like <laughs> I was like you gotta I fire mean, people yeah you gotta fire people everybody you know <laughs> d- doesn't like you I mean she's a likable person but I was like I don't think I could deal with all this conflict resolution yeah, you know yeah. it's just it's too much yeah and then i got a job in psych so <laughs> i decided to go to, you know go to school to be a psych and pee and nails like i do conflict resolution for a living so i mean i kind of did the same thing but just a little different i prescribed meds so mm, you you wanted that power <laughs> no i didn't want it I, I didn't i didn't i didn't want it i didn't want it i think it just kind of just ended up like that so right? i mean so is it safe to say you kind of just knew this was your calling 
Not really, but I think when I when I got into different roles, like I realized okay. that once I was, you know, in it, like I really like to do this. Like I really wasn't even sure about psych until like I realized even talking about psych now, like when people ask me about certain things and I talk about different neurotransmitters and different medications, like my eyes light up. Mm. <laughs> and you know, like you know, when someone's talking about something they really enjoy, like that's how I feel when I talk about psychiatry and mental health. So I think that like you never sometimes you just don't know until you actually get into something because people are like well how do you know you know if nursing is for you sometimes you just don't know I mean don't know until you actually try it I mean I wanted to be a child psychologist growing up what and then Sixth Sense came out oh god the Bruce Willis one yeah (laughs) Uh -uh. and that completely changed my thought process because I don't know you remember the movie I remember that movie very well (laughs) yeah yeah the kid who could could see dead people yeah he was like wasn't he like his like psychologist something like that I think that's what it was like in the whole the whole mix of it I can't remember the whole storyline yeah but I remember that kind of triggered me and I was like I'm good yeah yeah I would have mm-mm (laughs) <laughs> so, I don't even like doing doing peds, so okay. I understand. Okay, got you, got you. Now, to understand the difference between the psychologist, psychiatrist, I think mm-hmm. people are always confused by that. Yeah. Kind of break that down and kind of where you align in the middle of that. Okay. So a psychiatrist is a person who's attended medical school. Um, they've done a residency. That's a physician, an mm-hmm. MD or a DO. So an MD is a medical doctor. A DO is a doctor of osteopathic medicine. Okay. So when you talk about like osteopathic medicine, um, that's kind of viewed as like a more holistic view of treatment and medicine. Um, so that's what a psychiatrist is. Okay. Um, psychiatrists can be board certified in child psychiatry and adult psychiatry. You know, there's different things that they could do. Um, but a psychologist, I'm sorry, yeah, a psychologist is um, is not a medical doctor. They are people who are who typically have attended um, undergrad and they have a doctorate degree, Got so it. it's a PhD. Okay. Um, so those people typically function in roles where they're seeing clients as in therapy, but they can also work in like research type of roles. But they can't prescribe medication. Oh, so wow. that's the biggest difference. Okay. So when you look at billing, because I can talk about money, <laughs> um, billing wise, a psychologist can usually only bill for therapy, okay. um, or there might be certain things they're trained in that they can bill for. But as far as a psychiatrist. They could do therapy. They could bill for medication management. Um, psychiatrists can do all different types of things. They can even do ECT um, once they've been trained to do it. So there's a lot of different things they could be billing for or seeing patients for, um, just depending on what their training is in. And I mean, for me, just understanding the nurse piece and mm-hmm. separating it from doctor, when mm-hmm. do you make that choice of, or when did you make that choice mm-hmm. of, I-, I wanted to go the NP route, but I don't mm-hmm. want to go the doctor route. Right. So so I'm a psychiatric nurse practitioner and we can do therapy. We can um, also prescribe medication. So we can, in essence, do almost everything that a physician can do. The only difference, though, is depending on the state we are, we sometimes are not autonomous, meaning we needed to to collaborate with the physician. Um, So in New York, I haven't checked, but when I was here working in 2020, um, Previously, we weren't autonomous, but the governor gave an emergency order to make us autonomous, which they can do. Wow. Um, with the state of emergency. Wow. So I don't know what the rules are yeah, in New if York. They stripped it back. 
Yeah. I'm not sure either. <laughs> I, I t- I t- I'm telling you, I would. I probably wouldn't come back here and work. Okay. I mean, there were some things in the ER that made me cry here. So. Oh, no. I mean, well, you were here during the pandemic. Yeah. So crying is probably an understatement of what you saw. Yeah. I yeah. got to ask. I mean, what are your long lasting effects from that whole experience up here? Um, well, I, I never felt depressed okay. before I like I started working um, during the pandemic. And I, you know, I've had my issues with depression, um, getting therapy, getting medication management. And it's interesting, like being on the other side of the treatment table. That's what I talk about all the time, like being a patient and a wow. provider, which I feel like. Not to say it's anything like bad, but I think it, it kind of gives me a better view yeah. of things um, and kind of things that I know to anticipate from my patients, um, like how scary it kind of is to be on a mental health journey, especially if no one's supporting you, especially in the black community. Mm. I mean, because, you know, I, I still have a family. My grandmother thinks that we're supposed to pray the hurt away, you know, so it can be really hard, like being in that kind of situation and just not feeling like, you know, you have anybody to support you. So New York did that to you? I mean, it it, it was it wasn't it it really wasn't like just New York. I can't I can't say that I it was say, New York. Are you having PTSD right now? Being no, here? no, I don't, no, I don't, I, I don't I don't have PTSD. But it was it was just really rough. And I think because I'm in psych, people don't think like people don't really necessarily know how we were affected. Okay. But because the ERs were so. Um, packed yeah. and there were so many issues like I remember I was telling one of my friends today I remember um, crying because they had our patients sleeping on the floor like there were no beds wow. like we had no beds I had asked the ER to um, to hold um, sending over you know psych patients and you know the charger said well I don't have any beds either wow. so what do you want me to do wow. so it's just things like that and you know just experiences I mean we, we all go through things in, in psych. We all go through things at work. But, you know, like things like patients sleeping on the floor is just different. It's crazy. That's different. Uh, thank God I wasn't in the hospital as a patient during any of those times. I'm going to say yeah. that much. Um, a lot of people's <laughs> loss. Now, before that, you you were you ever diagnosed with depression? I mean, I know you're very open about it. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's that's important. So people can learn from you. Yeah. But were you ever diagnosed prior to that? Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So New York kind of did it to you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I started, I started, um, I started, um, antidepressants and okay. like the end of 2020, almost around, no, I think it was early 2021. Okay. Like around then when I started antidepressants. So, I mean, people are trying to say the pandemic's over now and, you know, the numbers are lower. Like, does that worry you? I mean, COVID doesn't really worry me still. Okay. Okay. I think um, I think what worries me is that we don't understand or know the the lasting, um, you know, side effects that people might have from, you know, who experience COVID. That's the most concerning thing. Um, but as far as it is like the disease itself, mm-hmm. I mean, the virus itself, I, it's 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 not really worrisome to me. I just think that there's like so many so many bigger things that you know mm. we have like i mean like the suicide rate in adolescents and children is astronomically like different from what it was in like 2019 i don't know the percentages offhand wow. but like i'm telling you like we have so many silent killers so many issues um that i think that we need to tackle wow yeah now i mean for you yourself being part of the, I would say, industry, right? Mm-hmm. You 
kind of understood and you probably saw your own signs. I'm imagine that. Mm-hmm. But what is it? Do you think people just miss their own signs themselves? Yes. Okay. yes. I do, and especially in black people and yeah. black women, our symptoms do not look like a typical textbook presentation. And, you know, everything that we're taught is very different because when people think depression, like I, I, I'm i always educating my patients, you know, depression depression doesn't look like Eeyore. And that's what we're conditioned to think, not only sometimes, you know, as nursing students, but also like as people, like we think that that's how depression looks. And depression can look like, you know, you feeling like Winnie the Pooh one one minute and then, you know, you being extremely irritable and, Mm. you know, feeling like you're just outside of your skin. Like those types of things are how sometimes depression can present that we miss because it just doesn't look the same. And then we also did look like at our cultural influences and how, you know, this strong black woman yeah, persona yeah. is viewed and how you're considered weak if you go to therapy or if you're on medication. So I think that there's so many different things that just contribute to it. I mean, I'm only one person, but I don't think that a black woman going to therapy means they're any less strong. Black women still the strongest people on this earth to have to go through the most. Mm -hmm. So um, what are some of the steps? Are Are you at least happy to see a rise in black folks, black women specifically going to therapy? Because I do think it's something that used to always be more taboo and it's kind of coming to the forefront. And what does your demographic look like in regards to your patients? So my patients are almost all black. Um, Yeah, we're um, almost all black. Um, Most, I would say, are um, around ages 21 to 22 to, I would say, like 35 or 40. Wow. Um, So that's kind of the typical makeup Mm -hmm. of my patients. Okay. And do you think it's kind of because of your popularity like in regards to your your no, no. I don't I, I don't because I'm really intentional I I really don't even take patients from social media Got like it. if wow. people DM me and say hey are you taking patients I'm like no <laughs> that's not, not. not the way to do it <laughs> I'm not I'm not no because I also want to make sure um you know more more importantly than anything to me is just making sure that we can have um, a, a a good, a healthy, a safe provider-patient relationship. Okay. And if we cross certain boundaries, I don't really know if that's still, you know, able True. to be exactly True. able to be done. And um, like, for example, I can honestly say I've never had a patient contact me like through DMs, okay. like on social media, say, hey, this is wrong with my medication. Can, can I have an appointment? <laughs> like, I've never, you know what I mean? Like, I know the protocols. Right. <laughs> So, so my patients, my patients get the vibes. Okay, my patients get the vibes. But um, yeah, and I and I think so far it's, it's worked really, really well. Okay. Um, and I haven't had any issues. So I want to back up a bit because I think you know we spoke about the college days, and I know you double mastered up out here, right? <laughs> um, so what were your kind of like next steps like throughout your journey, like because now you have your own clinic. So I have my own practice. private practice. Yeah, private mm-hmm. practice. That's the wrong word to use. You it's okay. Private practice. <laughs> it's okay. There's differences. There's levels. Mm-hmm. So how did you get to that point? I'm Anna. 
a transgender woman. And I'm Cam, your dad. And this is The Transgender. Join Anna as she chronicles her transition and Cam as he learns how to be a supportive parent. This podcast is about embracing differences and finding common ground. It's a roller coaster of emotions, laughter, and genuine connection. Tune in to new episodes of The Transgender Bi-Weekly. Subscribe and listen to The Transgender on your favorite podcast platform. Love you all, except the bigots. So when I first, when I first, like, finished MP school, um, like, my intention was never to even really, like, have my own private practice. So part of it is because taxes and the Honestly, the tax code is written for entrepreneurs. It's it's written for businesses. So I remember sitting down with one of the the heads of HR, the place that I was going to, and he was like, I looked at your tax information. Why is your social security number on here? And I was like, I mean, because I thought I'm going to get paid, you know? And he was like, no, you need to set up an LLC. Like, you need to get an EIN. And I'm like, what is all this? So the state of Texas, that's how nurses operate? No, 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 no. So this was... (laughs) I'm trying to understand. I'm I'm so confused. No, no, no. no, no. This wasn't in Texas. Okay, okay, okay. So this was was when I got my first, like, nurse practitioner job. You said taxes. No, no, no. I said it's written for... No, no. I said tax code. Okay, tax code. But that's why why most of them live in Texas, though. Texas and Florida. But yeah, but yeah. So, um... I had, you know, I had spoke with him and he advised me, you know, he didn't advise me. He said, I I think you should speak to an accountant. So got an accountant on board, talked to him. And then I was like, okay, so if you think that like, as far as tax wise, as far as like even um, assets, liabilities of this will protect me more, like I'll just go ahead and do that. So initially it was kind of just to be able to protect myself. But then um, what I've started to do is contract out myself to 99 as ser- like as far as services. So um, the, the the practice that I'm currently at, I've been there for two years. Okay. Um, so I've been there for a long, long time, lo- probably longer than I've been with anybody else. Wow. But, um, but I've been there for almost two years and I've been there as a 99 contractor. So contracting myself out, um, especially when other private practices are just small and they need other providers. And so you can only do this because you have an LLC? I mean, I could do it. Okay. I could do it in other, as just a, as just a regular psychiatric mm-hmm. nurse practitioner. However, for me, I contract out my business. Got it. Got it. I mean, LLC is just so important across the board. Yeah. And I mean, even for myself, I found out, okay, well, as a photographer, unless I have an LLC, people could sue me directly for exactly. my own stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing in healthcare, pretty much. Like, you kind of protect yourself from being sued directly or... Yeah, and this is this is really a high liability business. Yeah. Um, because initially, um, you know, even with the people that like I, I dated, like my ex was in CRNA school. So imagine if we both had a lawsuit going on at the same time Mm. and, and they always sue in the OR. So when, when there's an OR suit, everybody gets named. It's not just the surgeon or just anesthesia. It's everybody's in the loss from the scrub tech usually, (laughs) yeah, to the CRNA. Yeah. Everybody's in the lawsuit. Pros and cons to having your own practice. Pros, you set the rules. Okay. Um, you pay yourself when you want, okay. usually. Um, taxes, definitely a benefit. <laughs> um, cons, you got to be a hustler. Okay. Like, you really have to source your own patients, especially if the practice isn't finding them for you. Um, you have to be pretty self-motivated to do things, um, self-led. Um, 
And I think I think those are the only cons. Like, I really like being able to set my own schedule and have that flexibility. Um, so there's way more pros to me than cons. I mean, oh. standing up any business, there's a lot of cost and structure that you have to go through regarding just finances. Yeah. Did you go into that kind of yourself? Did you have different helps or are there different government grants, et cetera, if someone wants to open a practice? There's definitely a lot of grants. So one of my girlfriends is actually opening up her third practice location wow. right in Baltimore. And she got a bunch of grants wow. from the city and from um, from Brandon Scott. Um, you don't really need those to open. Okay. And I tell people, like, if you are just starting out, don't feel like you have to just go and start a private practice. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you might need to be at an office you know, be learning from other providers. Okay. And then even if you can't find a job, if you can't find someone to hire you, you know, rent out a medical office two days a week. Okay. You know, you can, there's so many different ways that you can still be able to afford what you need and not have to, you know, go into debt or, you know, rent or lease a, a medical office space for $2,000 a month if you can't afford it. Can no. someone who's not in healthcare join on and be a partner at a practice? Meaning, mm-hmm. okay, that's cool. so there's there's actually a couple big big um, organizations in Baltimore that are owned by people who are who are not like yeah wow. that are not in that field. And and what's really popular is is um is psychiatric re- um, rehabilitation services okay. like um, those programs PRPs. Um, those are really popular. Um, but yeah, you can you can own it without necessarily being in the healthcare space. But you do need to have certain things in place, like in Maryland. Um, you know, depending on how you open up your office, you need to um, you need to have a medical director. Okay. And the medical director can be a psychiatric nurse practitioner or a psychiatrist. Got it. So it really depends. But it's a super lucrative business if you can get clients that are going to come. Got it. That's the key. <laughs> now. You also go to your clients in the sense of travel nurse. Right? No, no, no. I, no? So, so okay. I, I don't go. I don't go to clients that way. So when I'm working and doing travel nurse contracts, I'm mm-hmm. just there as a registered nurse. I'm not oh, there as a psych okay. and Got it. So, oh, so you because you got those different things, you could flip it on them. It's 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 a million ways to get it. I feel like travel nursing has become. A bigger thing, especially in the last few years, I keep hearing it more and more. Nurses I know yeah. all of a sudden they're like, "Yeah, I'm leaving. I'm going to to Cali. I'm going here, there, and the third. <clears throat> How did you get into the travel nursing and pros and cons of that? Travel. Wait, when is this going to air? Because travel nursing is changing <laughs> so crazy. Oh wow! Right now, so when is this going to air? Probably in a few weeks. So okay, so uh, let's, so so we let's might have talk about in it in a few weeks. So let's talk about it because I, I I got screen I got screenshots and proof. Let me go back to the mic. I got screenshots <laughs> and proof. So how I got into travel nursing was in 2014. <laughs> um, you know that was my first year. Being a nurse, I had finished my first year and I already knew people who were travel nurses. I'd actually work with them at Hopkins while I was a nurse okay. extern. So that's like a nurse in training. Um, and they were like living their best life. And I was like, y'all are single. Y'all don't have kids. Right. Like you are living your best life, just picking up and going like every three months. Yeah. And I was like, I want to be like y'all. Yeah. So... I got my first taste. One of them um, hooked me up with one of her recruiters, and I was like, "Oh, I love this!" So I did my first assignment, um, and then I, it? huh? Where was your first assignment? It was in St. Louis. <laughs> it was so cold, but it was so cold. Macy Nelly and them? No, no, <laughs> not even a, Murphy Lee. I was living, I was in my best life. I had a little boo over there. Uh-oh. Like it was it was lit in St. Okay. Louis. Okay, it was lit. But how long was that that run? 
It was it was three months. Okay, so you can have short contracts just like that, or yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't re-extend it. What's the average? Oh wow, <laughs> it, it was ratchet. It was ra- it was oh, ratchet really? over there. It okay. was ratchet. Wow. Yeah, it was ratchet. Wow. Okay. Uh-uh. <laughs> um, but you know what? All these places have openings for a reason. So you just got <laughs> you just got to figure out the reason, and it's just like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna come back here. Beverly Hills don't be on the list sometimes. You know what? <laughs> I'm trying to think. So when I worked in like in um in like Cali, those that was the craziest. But I love that contract. It was so cool because yeah, Cali, Cali all got everybody unionized. Okay. So their unions don't play. Like okay. I had did a story time. It was crazy about um this contract I did, and the other traveler was messy. She would go into the into the nurse manager's office every single morning, and she was telling her so and so asleep, oh. and this person is doing this I mean she was telling everybody's business the and they fired all of us oh they fired everybody and so terminated everybody's contract people who's wilding no 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 no, no. <laughs> so, so wait so they fired all of us because they because so first the union was only trying to get her fired okay. and then they said we don't even want to deal with any travel nurses like it's just too messy and I was a cool one wow. they were trying to keep me she there innocent <laughs> just look, just look, look 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 my allies came in the comments and she was like girl I remember you like like wow. one of the nurses I worked with and I mean she was co- she was cool as hell wow. um, she was one of the best nurses I worked with and she actually left there a couple months later and went to the ER okay. and she was like I was so mad this and the third and I was like girl so what part of Cali was that? I don't want to say. I, 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 we're gonna, we're gonna say. So what, I don't want to say. What I'm going to ask you is, what was your favorite city? Because it sounds like St. Louis wasn't too high up on the boards. Shout out to the St. Louis listeners, though. This doesn't... You know we're what? We're not judging you. <laughs> um... I think there's different things for every assignment that I like. Like okay. there's like there 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 might be one that I had the favorite coworkers or you know that like was the the best area with things to do. So I think that every single assignment had great things, okay. but it's just kind of hard to say like what was my favorite one. How many cities you've been to working? A lot. A lot. I think you know what I think if, if I had to guess, I think the Rhode Island assignment that I did was probably the most peaceful. But it sounds peaceful. No, but on, only peaceful with with the night shift. The day shift they was fight. They was really? tussling. Oh my they gosh! Up the Rhode yes, Island? they were texting wow. because, because one of one of the nurses. Um, on this assignment, they had overstaffed, so they switched her to day shift. And we normally had worked together before. Like, you know, some people, we just we just know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was just like, girl, I never should have volunteered. It's crazy. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to day shift with you. So. On the flip side of just being a nurse, <clears throat> a lot of my friends who are into Airbnbs, they're trying to set that up for the traveling nurses. <laughs> So, yeah, you you over there like I see you brewing over there. So, are you into that? Do you invest in other ways as well? And I do. Okay. Yeah. So I I do I do real estate investment. I actually had my first um my first real estate investment deal last year where I was a silent partner. Wow. Um, I, I just put my money in. I think that's what I kind of prefer to do <laughs> because the energy expenditure is just too like it's just too much dealing with some of these guests. Yes. It is. But what I would say is it's funny that you said that you you know people who are trying to like go into Airbnb to specifically deal with travel nurses and I don't think this is the time right now. Really? We are Let's talk about it. <laughs> we need we really need to yeah. because people don't like there's been a lot of talk on TikTok about the travel nurse in this industry changing. Okay. 
And it's so true. Like one of my friends just told me that, um, and this one of the, one of these friends, I have I have so many friends in nursing. <laughs> one of them owns a travel nurse company. Okay. Another one is a recruiter okay. at a very large company. And she said that they had a job opening. I'm looking at it. And there were four positions that they were posting for. 234 people applied. For four spots. And this is, and she, and, and she sent me a screenshot. This is a very, um, looking at the whole, the whole perspective, like these are jobs that they have one position and open for and, and 40 and 50 and 60 people are applying. Typically that, that doesn't happen. We might see like a maybe around 10, 15 submissions because this is at one company. We don't even know how many people total are being submitted for these jobs. This is at one company. So this is due to the popularity or are there just new people saying, hey, I want to enter this game and I want to see what this is like? It's a lot of things. Yeah. It's, a lot of people trying to be travel nurses. Everyone leaving staff jobs. Okay. Especially. Wow. To go not only to travel, but also agency. Wow. So that's the other popular thing. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people just don't want to go back to staff, and I don't, bl- I don't blame them. It's because of the constrictions that you have, the constraints. And and there's really low rates right now. Okay. So when you see a rate, I don't know what this rate is that she sent me. I don't know what the actual, like, the dollar amount is or the pay package. But from what she sent, it looks like it's a high pay package. Okay. So when you have yeah. hundreds of people of applying wow. because the rates have been so low. Wow. And it doesn't make sense if you really are a travel nurse and you really don't want to go to jail. Mm-hmm. Then you actually are a long distance away from your house. So it doesn't make sense to leave your house and go somewhere else that is an hour away, two hours away. Mm. If you're not even able to pay the duplicate expenses that you have. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah duplicate. But I mean, it might yeah. work out for the person who doesn't necessarily own a home. Right. The person that maybe might still be bumming it with at home, their parents home. Go see the country. <laughs> I mean, but but I'm telling you that there was also a really high number of people who had travel nurse as their job title okay. on their taxes and got audited this year. Ooh. Ooh. So I just wouldn't play that game. Ooh. Like unless you have proof that you're paying rent or you're paying a mortgage or you know, if you if you're if you're staying with a friend and you're paying them rent. Got it. Wow. You better have receipts. Wow. Okay. So that's yeah. a that's a con right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So in regards to the Airbnb, why is it not a good thing then? Because it sounds like there's more people entering the game. Okay. So, supply and demand. Mm-hmm. So, we already talked about the fact the rates are dropping, right? Yeah. So, we're not seeing $10,000 a week anymore. Got it. And people don't have to believe and, me. And that's I, because... I, I, they can go look on the websites. It's, it's because there's probably too many traveling nurses. Exactly. So, now they could... Oh, let's drop the rate. Supply See? and demand. Yeah, wow. And then also, wow. remember when people were making $10,000 a week? That was federal funds. Mm. That wasn't the hospitals with all that money. Mm. What? Yeah, it's not there no more. I, it's, it's not there. <laughs> so imagine. I was like, oh, we ain't got it. We ain't got it. And, and you, and you got to think, most of these people who have these Airbnbs, especially in New York, how much they charging? Four thousand, five thousand a month. Yeah. If you're making twenty five hundred dollars, maybe three thousand, if you're lucky. Who's paying more than half of their money to housing? Yeah. Yeah. It's not worth it. It's not. Okay. 
The math ain't mathing. Gonna scratch that off the investment list. <laughs> we not doing that. Or I mean, or aim, or aim for different other corporate clients. You know, yeah. but I just wouldn't. I wouldn't be targeting and marketing. You know, travel nurses. Okay. You know, maybe if you have like a, a duplex or a multiplex. You know, maybe adding a couple different okay. beds in there. Yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. doing like medical students because all these hospitals out here, it's plenty of them. Got it. Now, I would imagine you only have flexibility to choose travel nursing because you have your own practice. I'm, I'm assuming the normal nurse can't do things. that. Okay, let's talk about that piece because how yeah. do people get to... I, I would imagine if you're considered, I guess, staff at a hospital, you can't just yeah. pick up and leave at any point, or can you? Um, You can't, Um, but okay. I used to. Like when I, when I, when I, when I, I, I'm not going to lie. When I used to work strikes... Like, I would just call out. I'd be like, I'm not coming. When you used to work strikes? Yeah. So another, you hear there's a strike in another city? You yep. out? Wow. Like, I'm going to take that check. Sick. I'm calling out sick. <laughs> and I'm going to make $10,000 in wow. a few days. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I used to do, I don't do it anymore, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is it, do you have like a, a struggle with, with the fight in nurses at that point? Is that why? Like, no, nah, because they no, got to be mad. They like, so right, we on strike. She just flying in from another city making 10 racks. It's 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 so many things. I think yeah. depending on, on the purpose of the strike, because the people strike for plenty of different reasons. Yes. If you're striking because of patient safety, and then like when when the New York nurses went on strike, I was I was behind them 100%. Okay. Because I worked in those conditions. Yeah. The oh, conditions yeah. in New York just honestly are unsafe. Wow. You know, giving an ER nurse 12 patients, 15 patients, unsafe. Wow. Wow. For one nurse, it's unsafe. So it depends on the reason of the strike. Because, I mean, if you're striking for more money, we all need more money. Thanks. My, my Thanks. nieces and nephews, you know, like ro roll the block just like everybody else. Thanks. You know? Now, I remember very specifically, it was like 1988, my mom, her hospital went on strike. Yo, Al Sharpton was walking with us. And this is wow. the first time I heard of Al Sharpton. This was Big Al with the, the big hair. But oh this God. had to be like 88. And I I was five years old. Oh, it's Al Sharpton. Okay, cool. Wow. I never knew he was so big at the time. But, you know. So, yeah, the strike, strikes are real. Yeah. Strikes they are. Real. They are. <laughs> but I love having that that luxury. And I think the last time that I worked a strike, um, my partner actually, well, my ex had um, went on a strike with me. And someone recognized me and asked me to take a picture. And I was like, I think this oh might be goodness. my last one. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I said, I think this this needs to be my this needs to be my last one. And they recognize me with the mask on. Like, this is a problem. How how do you date and keep relationships, traveling, owning a practice? And we're gonna talk about Saudi Arabia because I saw that and I had a lot of questions. Oh, you said what the, the Dubai? A Dubai, oh, yeah, same God. region. It's me and all of that. So okay. We ain't know if we was gonna hear about you chopped up in Riyadh or something, but let's talk about it. Oh my how, god. How do, you, how do you keep up with relationships and I think I have to find like it's it's a certain kind of person that has to that that I need to be able to be in a relationship, um, and that person has to be really confident. They have to be, um, they have to respect boundaries, and they have to be able to understand. Like sometimes I want my personal space. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you know I'm working and I work nonstop. Sometimes like yeah. I mean. There are some days where I'm I'm literally like I, I'm holding <laughs> I'm holding it to not go to the bathroom because I have patients from like nine a.m. to two p.m. I don't have a break in between. Sound like an Amazon warehouse. <laughs> Listen, I sometimes you got to do what you got to do. 
<laughs> so, I mean, I need somebody who's, who's pretty understanding. And I mean, you know, sometimes you kind of come across that and sometimes, you know, you think you do. And then... You know, you end up with whatever. But, yeah, you want to talk about Dubai? I want to talk about Dubai. Because okay. that's sounds kind of scary. Like, you're going out on first dates in other countries. I mean, think about it. So, okay, so I had told this story time uh-huh. on... And I, and I love telling story times about, like, my, my past relationships. For me, it's fun to watch people scramble, try to figure out who I'm talking about. Uh-huh. And nobody knows. <laughs> but you. <laughs> right. And I mean, like, I think a couple of my homegirls know some of the guy, like some of the people that I've talked to. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but for the most part, people just don't know. Um, and I kind of like that that way. But so with the guy that I had dated from Dubai, well, not from Dubai, but he was working in Bahrain. Mm-hmm. Um, so in theory, I mean, have you ever been to Dubai before? I haven't. I got some friends who work out there, though, but... It's very safe. Okay. I mean, this is the same Dubai where you can go to jail for throwing trash in the ground. Yeah, yeah it's different out there. So I didn't think... Not, not to say I didn't think, but I knew that nothing would happen to me there. Okay. Like, I just knew that. That's and, all and, it was. And he, and, no, and, and, and he and I were both black, so it's not like, you know, Yo, he's... Y'all stood out out there. Right. He wasn't a chic out there. Like right, yeah. right. Because people were, people were trying to say, like, it was one of the, like, Dubai porta pot situation. It was not that. It was It was not that. It was not that. No. We met in this Facebook group okay. for for men that want to date nurses. Okay. They got that men that want to date nurses. Oh, the, Facebook group. they did. They did. They okay. did. And then the girl that that's a whole. That's they a whole, shut it down. They was hating. They was hating. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. The girl, the girl who who ran the group, shut down the group and went and got a BBL with everybody's money. Oh, um, oh listen. Pay for the group? They were no, no, no. They were the doing. The dudes was paying for it. No, <laughs> they were supposed to do a cruise. Okay. They wow. were supposed to do a cruise. You got fire fested. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, how much was this crew? That's like, why, look, something just didn't feel right to me. That's okay. why I was like, oh, I ain't going. Somebody asked me if I was going. I was like, oh, this ain't even my kind of vibe. Okay, okay. So you ain't you ain't going to no no. no. <laughs> well, I went on a real cruise. Yeah, you went. Okay, <laughs> I went on a real trip. I went on a real trip. You vacation too, though. I, I see that. Like, yeah. like vacationing is that part of your self care regimen? Yes. Okay. But I've also realized so much about myself, like, through travel. Mm. And I think that travel really forces me um, to problem solve, to learn other cultures and other people, to get along with other people. Um, and I think it's it's really a testament. Like, my friends that I travel with, we've been friends for eight years. Okay. Seven, eight years. And this is the... We went to El Salvador and Guatemala. I think that was maybe the 14th country that we've been to together. Wow. We've been to a lot, like Egypt, Bali. Wow, the same crew. Mexico, same crew. I mean, some people might not go. But it's a little circle, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Like some some people just got in, you know, different stuff. One of our friends is in medical school now. You know, another another two are getting married. So, you know, people just, you know, kind of sit things out. But kind of same crew. I had Jessica Nabongo here before. And I love her. So, so you know her story. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I didn't ask her, so I'm not going to ask you, but I'll ask you in a different way. What is a city or country you've been to where you just think people just, they should visit it? Like, because that vibe you felt there. 
That's so hard. I didn't ask your favorite. So just, just you got you to gotta visit here. Everybody though. should just visit. Yeah. Ghana. Ghana. Wow. Yeah. Did you go for the party time, like around New Year's? Oh, people are so mad. People are still <laughs> mad at me for those posts. I mean, like, I mean, it has been the weirdest thing. Like, but I think that um, Ghana is a place that everybody has to go. I had a great experience there. Um, when I was in Ghana, it was different for Daddy December. I think you need to prepare. Okay. Like, the traffic was a lot. Mm. It was like New York traffic. It, we see Meek Mill dealing with a lot of it, right? <laughs> they took Meek Mill's phone out there. He's talking about he's going to buy a crib. They took the phone. Yeah. He ain't coming back there. Got it. Got it. <laughs> he ain't coming back there. But, I mean, it was it was definitely a vibe, though. But I think Ghana is just... It's, it's crazy to be able to be around that many, you know, black people mm. in one setting um, and be able to just feel the vibe. Like, to just feel the love. Um, and I think, I think as adults, we all need to do a slave tour. Yes. And you just, you, I don't know. I'm an empath. So when I go in places, I, I, I feel energy and, and I feel like heaviness. Okay. But you just, you can't go to some of these places and, and, and just be the same. Like going to Zanzibar, Going to Zanzibar was heavy for me. Like Zanzibar, Ghana, to do like the slave tour. We did the um, the one at Cape Coast. That was really, really. I, cool. I just spoke to someone who came back and they were explaining it to me. Tell me yeah. about it though, like from your eyes. I just I think that it was just amazing to to believe and see that this was going on literally in our own backyard mm. because it wasn't just. Cape Coast, we did the ancestral rivers and it was just, it was just, it, it was, it was crazy to grasp that these things could be going on and that no one in, in the country was doing anything, doing anything about it. But wow. it, it's just different for us because we live in this age of information and technology where you let people know something that's, that, that is going on and they know instantly. You can do a that's live true. and that's true. It's blown up. Immediately. Wow. But, you know, when when you have the idea that people are being snuck from their homeland or... And, and sometimes they're not even just coming from Ghana. They're coming from all over. And seeing the process, you know, that they went through um, things that you don't even think about or that you're not told about in elementary school or middle school and understanding it as an adult... Like, and then as a medical professional, like, how did a woman stay in here for months? How were thousands and thousands of people packed in this kind of space? They were on top of each other. Yeah. You yeah. know, they, 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 they vomit, right? right. They urinated everything. Yeah. yeah. And just to be able to see those things, to be, to be told about in like. Darkness. The soldiers coming coming out and raping the women. Yeah. If the women were pregnant, they they would not make it on the ship. Um, you know, being killed sometimes right in the room. It just, it's just, it's heavy. It's heavy. But I think that everyone should experience it because I think honestly, in school, we're taught a very whitewashed version of slavery, and it's important to, to swallow a lot of things whole. Yeah. Wow. As difficult as it could be. 
I know it doesn't compare, but I got to see the MLK Museum in um, Memphis, and they mm. had a lot of that. They had the bus from that they, you know, they said this was the park. They showed you like there's where Rosa Parks was on yeah. the bus and all these different things. You got to see exactly where MLK was shot. Mm. It's literally the hotel that he was shot at. They turned it into a museum. Wow! So you see the bed, the bedroom that he was in. You could see where they shot him from across the street. So. Wow. I could only imagine being in Ghana and seeing it from that side. Yeah. In that essence. Now, to kind of bridge things together, how do you feel about the generational trauma that our community has? And how does that impact as you have your different patients come through your office? So have you been to the um, the MoMA and done the um, the new exhibit that they have about the Black experience about sleep? I have not. It was so, like, it just really came full circle. So I did that this weekend while I was here. And it was really insightful because it talked about trauma that we go through, like, from the ancestors and why Black people are so tired and even how sleep deprivation was a tool that was used by the slave masters. Wow. And it was just a journey through why Black people are tired, literally. Um I think that that is something that we go through. But I, I think that so much of the the trauma that Black women come in with or the things that, you know, they need help dealing with are things that we have carried with us, you know, since slavery. Mm-hmm. You know, again, the strong Black woman persona. I mean, these are things that we've just been told to carry and yeah. carry and carry until we just can't put it down anymore. So I think that we carry a lot of that. And, you know, we don't necessarily think about it until we actually go to see our roots and we understand why we feel the way that we feel. Wow. Do you think these things make it better for you when you see a patient? Like no. Going through these- no? <laughs> no. <Okay>. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, I, but I think That's that they're great experiences to talk, talk with them about because it also makes them feel valid yeah. um, and seen. Okay. Because sometimes, sometimes it isn't just like going into this, you know, in-depth analysis. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's just sometimes saying, you know, your feelings are valid. You're seen and you're heard. Wow. Nowadays, where do you call home? Well, it's between Baltimore and Atlanta. Okay. ATL. So, yes, yes, ATL. So, um, yeah. Which one do you really like being at more now? Atlanta. <laughs> okay. Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. What, what's the difference in Atlanta? Because you've been to all these different cities. Even when I don't do anything, I like being in Atlanta. Okay. So... Um, some people do know. I don't really like to talk about it, but um, so after I broke up with, broke up with my ex in January, um, I moved, and I just I just have a very soft life. So, so, so <laughs> right. Your ex was in Atlanta, or yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. And then that was so Atlanta was part of the reason you that was part of the reason you was down in Atlanta. Part of it. So she asked me to move. Okay. Um, and said that she couldn't do like a long distance relationship, so I moved. Wow. Yeah. So you were willing to kind of your practices in Merlin. <laughs> the it way, way you say it, Merlin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But also, I I do telehealth and telework, so I'm able to kind of do anything from you know anywhere. Like even as a content creator, I can work anywhere. 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 But you were willing for this relationship to try this out. Yeah. 
to. I mean, you you did go to. I thought she was the one. I thought she was the one. I thought I thought so. Wow. Yeah, I thought wrong, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what is that's kind of recent. So yeah, is it a point where like what is your process in healing in that scenario right now? So um. I'm I'm healed. Okay. I'm healed. Um, and you know, I, I I wish her the best. I really do. Just you know, I I want everybody that you know I've dated in the past to eat, just not with me. Okay. So, you know, were your business partners too or anything? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. How do you feel about that mixing business with like in relationships in that sense? Because that's something that always scares me. I see people that yeah, you know, and I think there's levels to it too. Like it's one thing creating a business with someone you're dating versus someone you might be married to, et cetera. Right. So how do you view that? I don't I don't necessarily know if I would do a business with someone that I was in a relationship with. Um because like I've tried it before and it just it doesn't work. I don't know. I enjoy having a level of separation. And being able to, like, come to my partner and talk to them about, like, my day or vent to them. I don't necessarily know where I would go if now I can't vent to you anymore and we have to change our relationship so that you aren't necessarily always my safe space. And I have to change putting on, you know, the partner hat Mm. versus, you know, the business partner hat. Got it. So. So, So even in this last relationship, were you the one that broke things off? It was a it was a couple of. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. kind of. But I feel like I gave I gave multiple, multiple chances. Okay, got it. Yeah. So it was, it was the warnings were out there. Oh, First yeah, the, infraction, you know, second yeah the, warning, the warnings were out. The warnings were out. And I think I took more than a lot of people would, would take. Wow, because yeah. you thought she was the one. Yeah. 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 Now, just with your career and then also your online, like that presence, does that impact relationships yes yes in what ways because people because i think everyone wants to be in this place where they are super like they have a following right that Mm -hmm. you can post stuff and people are going to respond they're going to react people think they want that right (laughs) oh that that, that's so sweet that's so sweet but it's true though Mm -hmm. because when people got two thousand followers they're just trying to figure out well how do i break the algorithm and how do i do this Mm -hmm. so in essence, you've cracked that code, right? But how did it impact your relationship? Well, um, I think it impacted my relationship because it, um, you know, people will do certain things to try to embarrass you, you know, when mm. you're when you're in a certain light in the media. Mm. So people, like, people will literally do anything to say, oh, you know, I talked to Morgan's, you know, girlfriend like people do weird things like that. It's really strange, but like, that's but that's what they will do. People trying to interview her and stuff, or <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, I, I, mean I mean, just for clout. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah I feel clout chases. Yeah, just for clout. Um, and like, I don't think that it provides any value to anyone. I mean, maybe I don't know to to, to them what it would provide, yeah. but for me, it's just a little strange. But I think that like when I'm dating somebody, 
I had to make sure that they're comfortable and I also had to be really respectful of their feelings. Like, okay. um, the the person that I'm dating, the person I'm dating now is just so funny. You got the rebound? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I'm counting the months. <laughs> not, not not a rebound. I'm but but I'm just da- I'm just I'm dating now. Okay. I'm dating. So okay. the person I was dating, we were at um we were at a restaurant, a pop, very popular restaurant in Atlanta. Uh-huh. And people kept like saying something. They were like, "Oh, you that girl from TikTok?" And not, not Blue Lagoon, right? I'm only bringing it up because literally this week I had the owner, the Lapo from Blue Lagoon. Up no, here. yes, you know the Lapo. No, 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 no. But it, it it wasn't Blue Lagoon. Okay, but um, you know, it was funny because you were almost done, and then somebody else like who was next to her actually like like went over the table and she was like are you the girl from TikTok and she looked at me and she said it's time to go oh wow <laughs> like she was like can we go wow, wow. so so it, it impacts a little bit now little what's, bit. what's interesting is that I think you hear a lot of successful women say that hey men are intimidated because of where they are but you see it a, a woman could be intimidated too yeah <laughs> Yeah, yes, let's, just, I, let's I be think, clear. I think the I think the only solution is date date someone either on your level, okay. or find someone who is comfortable that will allow you to grow okay. and not necessarily want to take you know the shine away from you because it's it's not always that you're gonna see, that you're gonna meet someone that you know is is not going to be helpful. Yeah. So yeah. I think you have to kind of figure out like what you want because it's it's not always going to be the person who makes six figures or that um I don't know. Like I think that women just think that a man's success is like dollar signs yeah. and it's so much more than that. Yes. You got guys out here that are just emotionally immature. Yeah. You know, they have the, the the tolerability of a two-year-old. I mean, you have to really get somebody who has emotional intelligence out here. Yes. Like, it's so much more than dollars. Honestly, if you if you have, like, the right the right things, the right formula, the money is going to come. Facts. It's going to come. Facts. But you can't replace personality. You can't replace love. There's just certain things that you just can't do without. And I mean, luck, like, I don't know. I feel like I I, I be hitting the jackpot when it comes to dating. <laughs> like, my homegirls are like, how do you meet these people? I said, girl, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I think that, um, you know, it's a lot of different things. And, you know, you just date until you find those things. I feel you. I feel Unapologetically. You support's a big one like you just need someone who supports because hey even if you're the one that's out here killing it they just gotta support and hold you down while you're doing it that's it so business wise just to end off with that what's kind of next for you very broad very open but i feel like you got so many directions you could take things so what's next so um during doing the trip curation has been like huge for me this year okay so we did, we're doing three trips. Wow. Belize is already done. We did it in January. Wow. Um, we're doing a Brazil trip that has a couple of spots um, open. And then we sold out our Thailand trip. We're doing Thailand for New Year's. Wow. Um, so this that's, is, that's this sold is the, out already. This is the crew that y'all kind of turned into. No, 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 no. This is something different. So it's something different. This so I actually, different. I actually, it's, it's so crazy. I met this couple in Paris. Okay. Black. Okay. And it's so where, crazy because they live in Atlanta. They live, they live in Atlanta. Atlanta. <laughs> they live in Atlanta, but we met in Paris. They're like your ATL show. Right. The Cato so, is greater. Dope, but dope <laughs> couple. Love them to death. So um, we partnered and did a, did a trip to Belize. Okay. 
And then um, we add on the other trips, and we're going to do more next year. Um, but they're, they're a successful travel company. They've been doing this for years. So what's this venture called? <laughs> so um, we don't have a name for it. Okay. I mean, their their business is called Paper Planes and Passports. You know, mine is Beyond Medicine. But mm-hmm. um, it's not. A, we don't really have a name okay. for it. It's just you know, it's it's a it's, it's 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 a it's a nurses retreat at this point. <laughs> I mean, but not everybody who even comes to nurse, which I love, um, because. Sometimes we don't want to talk about nursing. <laughs> I don't want to talk about... I, I for damn sure don't want to talk about mental health all the time. Okay, yeah. yeah. Like, you need your own mental health. Like, you like, need to be clear. Like, else I'm to do here it. to relax. Right, right. Exactly. So sometimes I just want to just... Okay. I just want to be Morgan. I don't want to be Morgan San Diego. I don't want to be Morgan the MP. I just want to exist. I mean, I started one place, but I don't even know what does Morgan San Diego mean to you, the name? So it was a joke um, from my family. So my uncle used to call me Hollywood and, you know, he always used to be like, well, you know, where in the world are you? Mm -hmm. Um, So it kind of, you know, came from that. And it really started when I was a travel nurse because I was literally like. I figured that much. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. And now you travel in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Last, last question, because you always hear about traveling nurses throughout the U.S. Is there an opportunity to do it internationally? Yes, but it's not going to pay as much. Got it. <laughs> it's not. Got it. And you got to be careful. Yeah. Like, one of my homegirls used to do an assignment in Saudi. You got to be careful. Yeah. Because a lot of the things, especially like, again, back to the strong black woman persona, it's a lot of things that we do out here that you can't just do over there. True. You True. can't. You can really get in a lot of trouble. True. You can really get hurt. Um, so it's it's just very different. Like, even how they, how they talk to you. You know, verbal abuse over there is not the verbal abuse that, you know, you might see out here. So. Favorite rapper? <sighs> Wale. No, Lil Baby. I thought you were going to say Wale. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no. Like, Lil Baby did this, did this documentary. Did you see the one on Amazon? Nah, nah. It's, it's fire. I feel like the last year has been my, my little baby year. Hasn't it been everyone's little baby year? But it's yours I, specifically. No, but I mean like the like the the season of just feeling like there's a lot of things I don't want to do, but I do it because I know that I need to. You know, like necessarily like posting every day. Okay. Sharing so much of my life sometimes, which I feel like sometimes is like difficult for me. But I feel like everything that I do, like I'm growing from it and you know, I'm kind of like loving the process. And I just feel like if I know what other people can do, like not even just in nursing, but like yeah. look at little baby. If I just like dedicate that same amount of passion, same amount of consistency every day, like look at where I already am now. And I'm not even like as good as I could be. Like what would happen if in 365 days I do the exact same thing and just keep going hard over and over? Like where would I be then? Nice. And I, I, I keep lying about the last question, but this is the last, <laughs> last. Where, where do you find time to make your content? When? And I have that question for every content creator because I feel like it takes a lot to make content. And people don't realize that until they try it. Yeah. And you make a reel and things just don't feel right. And you don't post it. So how do you, how do you find time for that? I, sometimes I, I, I record things and I film things. I don't even know what I'm going to do with them. Okay. And sometimes the concept just doesn't work out. Sometimes okay. I just don't post it. But most of the time I post it. Okay. Like, it's it's the things that I don't even think that are going to hit 10,000 views. Like, when I talked about my story time about, like, how me and my ex-best friend, like, are no longer friends because of that trip. Yes. 
It has like a like it has almost three million views. That's crazy. Between I think TikTok and Instagram. That's crazy. And I'm just like I am literally rolling my hair in flexi rolls <laughs> in, in a dimly lit bathroom. Like BFFR. People just want this authenticity. I guess that's what it is. It is, and it's just like it's so weird. Like I like I just sometimes just talk to the camera like I'm talking to one of my homegirls Got and it. just tell a story. Got it. And it's just crazy how. People just like it. I Got don't. It. I don't know. But Got sometimes it. I don't really know yeah. what I'm doing. Okay. Just record it. They could find you at Morgan San Diego everywhere. Pretty much. YouTube, because I'm gonna start posting my YouTube <laughs> content. They can find me on YouTube, TikTok, Keep it on the YouTube, right? Instagram. I'm everywhere. That's what it is. It's Morgan San Diego. This is blue. It's blue dope. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Blue Dope and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, you can follow the crew on Instagram at Blue Dope TV.